With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Hour two of the Daily Tip starts right now on the BetQL Network. I'm Chelsea Messenger. He's Chris Mack, filling in for Jenks today. Uh, Jenks will be back. He is on uh, the injured list with cracked ribs. He's a football guy, though. I would imagine he will be back at work early tomorrow morning. Uh, In this hour, we've got plenty to talk about, starting with the MVP market awards in the NBA. Is now the time to jump on some of the big names, or do you take a big swing on somebody who maybe stuns everyone and puts on an absolute clinic? In the association. Then at 7:20, we've got our Thursday night football plays. What to bank on in Bucks and Bills on Thursday night. Then at 7:40, we're going for big plus money here as we do the show parlay. Everyone gets a pick. We put them all together, and I think the odds are usually like 25 to one. We have not won one yet, but in gambling logic and gambling math, that means we're due. Exactly. Have you ever used this logic? Like, have you oh. seen the trend on like TikTok and Instagram where it makes fun of like quote unquote girl math and like boy math? And they say like these dumb logics that like each gender uses and they're like, oh, girl math is doing this. I feel like gambling math is saying, I haven't won a bet in a while. I'm due. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're totally due. And I, I feel a, a lot of pressure being that I'm here at just the right time when the daily tip show parlay is due to hit big and i don't want to let you guys down so i and i don't want to let jenks down either like I, I'm, I'm stepping up for him i'm pinch hitting for him and this is this is very important that i i as the kids would the kids don't say this anymore i don't know why i said that come correct the kids said that 30 years ago the kids don't say that anymore chris i'm gonna stop talking now chelsea <laughs> wait what was the saying come correct yes I don't think I've ever heard that. You've so never the heard kids that? definitely aren't saying that if a 35-year-old hasn't even heard of the phrase. Does that make you feel they, old? Yeah. It, <laughs> well, I'm not – jeez. Um, I definitely remember people saying that in the 90s. Again, I'm Do you myself, think it's a regional myself. thing? No. Come correct is definitely not a, a regional thing. I've definitely – I've heard it in songs before, like rap songs back in the day. Mm, you sure about that? You sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that, Chris? Because it sounds like you made it up. Mm, David's got your back. David's older than me. Maybe it's a generational thing. It's wild Maybe to me it. that I'm like the youngest one on the staff here. No, Matt might be younger than me. Uh, but like, I'm not a young spring chicken anymore. But yet, most of the references we have on the show completely fly over my head. Like, Jinx will always say something, and I'm like... No idea who that person is, but we'll find a generic response where I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Have you ever been like that out of your element in a conversation where you're just like, I don't think I even let on here that I don't know what they're talking about. 
Yeah, so definitely, like, my wife's brothers are both English, like, grew up in England, in Man- around Manchester, and they would sit and have conversations when we first met, and I first met them, and I would have no idea, like, footy and wickets and things that I had no idea, and old, old English sayings that just right over my head. So I would just say, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, oh, tell me about it. Oh, you're kidding me. No way. Yeah. Just all those generic responses that you tee up for awkward interactions like that. Ooh, it's about to be that time of year. Like holiday season is when you really have to like brush up on your small talk. I'm like, man, I got to look at the weather for the next two weeks so I can have that locked and loaded. Be like, man, we're getting rain again. Weird, huh? What's, what's up with all this? Huh? I don't know if you've ever seen there's a comic, uh, Joey Molinero. Um, I know him a little bit because he's a Steelers fan. He's all over TikTok he's and Instagram. He's a sports comic, isn't he? Doesn't he do all yes. the impressions? Yes. So oh, funny. he did a he did a great one. His Patrick Mahomes talking about the ketchup bottles at Heinz Field is fantastic. He does a great Patrick Mahomes. Anyway, Joey, does, some of his best TikToks and Instagrams are the awkward small talk people make at wedding receptions. He absolutely oh. nails it every time. Where you're just sitting there and so, uh, yeah. How about how how about how about these two crazy kids, huh? You know, just all the stuff that you get caught trying to talk about when you have no idea who someone is and you know you're never going to see them again in your life. You know, it's a funny thought. Trying to make small talk with somebody like Nikola Jokic. I can't imagine he would be the chattiest cat at a wedding. Like, have you ever with- thought about people like this that are so stone-faced? Where, you know, imagine somebody doesn't know he's a basketball player, which, like... You may be pretty stupid if you can't gander or you can't like gather that like this monster person is a basketball player, but say you don't and you go up to him, you're like, Hey, so how do you know the bride and groom? He's like, I don't know them. We have horses at the same ranch or something. Like I dunk do on him once like in pickup game. If you must know. Okay. <laughs> right on his head. He has to be the worst at small talk, right? He doesn't strike me as somebody who's just like, you know, going to no. be a chatty Kathy with like the Uber driver. Right. With his brother standing behind him with their arms crossed, kind of like bouncers, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> so, uh, Serbia, huh? Yeah. That's nice this time of year, I'm sure. So, uh, <laughs> what, 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 what do you do again? I'm sorry. Oh, oh, basketball. Oh, so you you're like in the minor leagues or, or something? The minor NBA. leagues. NBA. Yeah. I've, I, yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. Um, so how about those Vancouver Grizzlies? Uh, oh, Memphis. No, I had <laughs> I had no idea. I'm sorry. Right. It's just, he's such a character and somebody who, I feel like when you have the MVP discussion of people who are capable of repeating, usually you would say, okay, is there any complacency involved here? And I feel like Nikola Jokic is one of those people that is such a machine when it comes yes. to coming to work every day, being dependable, and also being available. Like, isn't that such a uh, a unicorn of a trait in the NBA these days where somebody yeah. not only doesn't do the load management, but also he's extremely durable. Like, knock on wood, he's played on a, in a lot of games and he has not been hurt for very much of the season. You know, if my memory is serving me correctly. So I think mm-hmm. that's where you start when it comes to the MVP conversation. I think he's very much 
the uh, the deserving favorite when it comes to MVP. So let's look at the odds board real quick. We've got Nikola Jokic, the favorite at plus 450, uh, getting 34% of the handle, which is a commanding number when you look at the rest of the field. Luka Doncic is 6-1 to one, along with Giannis at 6-1 to one as well. Jason Tatum of the Celtics. Seven to one, Joel Embiid, uh, the reigning MVP, which is now a little funny after the fact, I feel like. Uh, he's eight to one, Steph Curry, 14 to one, and Devin Booker, 20 to one, but getting 13% of the handle. So clearly somebody's ba- banking on Devin Booker to have a big year. Uh, Mac, who do you like here, or do you think there's anything people should know before betting on this market? Well, I think much like Mahomes in the NFL MVP market, Jokic makes the most sense, right? Because like you laid it Mm -hmm. out, and to continue with the hackneyed Eastern Bloc stereotypes, he is the Ivan Drago of basketball, right? Like he just shows up and destroys. Um, So I like Jokic still. I do have a question. Like when I look at MVP candidates, the ones that I like the most are the ones who I think have a strong two and or three. And I don't mean positionally two or three. I mean, a strong like wingman and wing to the wingman. Like Jokic has Jamal Murray. I talked earlier about Bruce Brown and getting over that departure. Uh, Brown would be like the, 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 the backup to Jamal Murray for lack of a better way to put it. Um, You would see him come, come in and relieve Murray often. So does that affect the number two to Jokic this year? I don't think it will. I, I still think I, I like the Jokic-Murray combination. In Giannis's case, who I also like, at 6-1, to one, he's got Dame involved now. That's a huge part of anything Milwaukee and Giannis are able to do this year. Tatum at 7-1, to one, I still like because, and, and I'm not overreacting to one night, uh, I think Porzingis, I, I didn't like the Marcus Smart move to begin with, and I didn't like it even for bringing in Porzingis, but Porzingis shows you last night just what he can give you. He can be the guy to take over a game in some cases, as he did in the fourth quarter last night. You've also got Jalen Brown still in the fold, obviously. So um, I like to look at what's around someone when we talk about the MVP market, sort of not propping them up, but supporting them. And Jokic, I still like with, I think, Giannis and Tatum as the other two I'll keep an eye on early in the season to see how the market moves. I think that's a great point. And that brings me to my next candidate here, who I think maybe deserves a shot, just at least based on this number. SGA, Shea Gilgus-Alexander, averaged Mm. 31 points per game last year. Uh, You look at his number now, it's 18 to 1. If you think the Thunder are going to be better, Again, if you believe in the theory that if he has good pieces around him, it will be easier for him to uh, win games, which I do believe Mm -hmm. is part of the case in the MVP uh, award. Like, you can't be terrible, I think. Uh, Because if you look at the past winners, they're mostly teams who have been at least making the postseason. But the thing going against it is it's been a big man's award for the past five seasons. Uh, You look at Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. Uh, maybe it's because this is a very dependable like source of offense. You know, when you're not shooting, you know, low percentage shots, you're putting up good numbers each and every night, it seems. And plus, these guys are just, it's a renaissance for big men. Do you think there is a guard here that can steal this award from uh, a, a big man in the MVP? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know if there is just because of, I mean, look, there's always a chance because of the name recognition, right, that Steph has a Steph Curry-like season. 
Um, but, you know, you bring up the point, too, about load management and how much is that going to come into play this year. Curry would be the one that I look at and say, hey, if anybody can have a year where he, he takes over, then at 14 to 1, and what, only only 2% of the tickets now on Curry, people are starting to question whether he can do it consistently, not just night after night, but year after year. That would be the one I would look at, um, would, would be Steph, because we know it's in there. The, the only question is, how much longer will it be in there? Um, so Curry, plus, it, it, there's just, Golden State, I, I, I won't give up on Golden State until they show me that it's completely collapsed. I'll make the comparison for hockey fans to the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins look really bad to start this season. They're like two and four. Um, They kept their big names together. The guys who've been together for 18 years, Crosby and Malkin and Latang. But it looks like it's, it's reached it's, it's end point. They they're quickly approaching the end game yet. I still won't give up on it because I've seen those guys do it so many times before. Same thing holds true in this case for the Warriors. I won't give up on it until I see that they've completely collapsed. Um, so I like Curry. If you're looking for a guard, Curry at 14 to 1. Well, obviously, Steph Curry certainly has the capabilities, but he also is a year older. And I think that's where, mm-hmm. like you said, load management starts to enter the picture for a Warriors team that their goals are not the regular season, their goals are the postseason. Let's try to take a, a stab at trying to explain this number on book, uh, Devin Booker. Why so many people have, you know, hit him at 20 to 1. He's getting 13% of the handle. That is the second highest amount behind Nikola Jokic. And I get it. Devin Booker is a walking bucket. He can post some really outlandish stat lines when it comes to points. But where I think the big men have the upper hand is when you think of MVP, don't you think of somebody who affects the game in multiple ways? I think that's where it ends for Devin Booker with me. Like maybe the assists will be there, but how do you go against somebody who is a walking triple-double in Nikola Jokic? Because you've got to remember Nikola Jokic is a big man, but he's also one of the most skilled passers in the entire league. So that's where I think I don't really buy into Devin Booker. I don't think he can affect the game like some of these big men can. Well, and I also think there's, you make really good points. I also think that the MVP gets voted on. And so when it's voted on by humans who have in, you know, built in biases towards people or how they think the game should be played or how teams should be constructed, you can't ignore the fact that the Suns have gone out and gotten Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal the last year and a half to accentuate Devin Booker. That Devin Booker, I don't think by a lot of basketball fans across the NBA is looked at as a guy who can do it on his own. He's got to have great supporting pieces around him. And that's in complete contrast to, again, not to take anything away from Jamal Murray, but it's in complete contrast to Jokic in Denver, who I think a lot of NBA fans look at and say, well, Denver is Denver because of Jokic. I don't know if anybody looks at the Suns and says the Suns are the Suns, because of Devin Booker. He's a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a really important part of it. But especially when you go out and get Durant and Beal over the last year, year and a half, that's telling you, yeah, he he's part of it, but he's not the reason for it. And voters think that way. I think the final word for me on MVP is that you're right. There is a human element. And it feels, looking back at last year, 
they almost gave it to Joel Embiid, not because he had a great season. He did, but also because he hadn't won it, and it felt like he deserved it at some point. And they are like, okay, this is the year for Joel Embiid. Now this year, you spin it forward. It looks like Nikola Jokic should have won the MVP last year. So now it feels to me that if Nikola Jokic is in the conversation, they will give the gentle nudge to the Serbian yep. to win the MVP. So I like Nikola Jokic. Taking the chop here. You. I don't care. All right, up next are best bets for Thursday Night Football. You're going to want to stick around. That's next. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back. We have a lot to discuss on today's show because we have all kinds of sports popping off right now. We got NBA. We got NFL. We got college football on like weeknights now. And of course, we have the World Series Game 1 coming up later this week. Uh, but I saw some troubling news on my timeline. Uh, Chris Mack filling in for Jenks. A trade rumor about the heart and soul of my Tennessee Titans. Mm -hmm. Apparently, there is a chance that Derrick Henry could be traded to the Baltimore Ravens. Like, Ooh. does it have to be the Ravens? Does it have to be an AFC team? Because this is what I remember growing up. Uh, when I was younger in, like, my first Titans games, the Titans were really good. We had Steve McNair, we had Eddie George, and we had this like almost rivalry with the Ravens who had like an amazing defense. Remember for the longest time, the Ravens had like all the big names on the defense. So when it came to like the AFC championship or like the AFC divisional games, we mm -hmm. hated the Ravens. And in fact, I think there's some bad blood between us still. Like I'm pretty sure they either like danced on our logo or like did something that football players don't appreciate. Yes. Not that many years ago. So, like, do you have you ever had a, a favorite player or a player on your team that you just say to yourself, just just anybody but them? Like, can you just go to like the Seahawks or something? Is this a fair thing for me to say? Or should I say Derrick Henry is his own person? He needs to look out for his own brand. And if he goes to a winning team, good for him. No, you should hate this idea, much like I hate this idea. We are on team no Derrick Henry to Baltimore together. I You're selfishly because fan. I'm a Steelers fan. Yes. <laughs> I am an AFC North fan. So I want nothing to do with the idea of Derrick Henry in the AFC North. Thank you very much. I also do like, see, I like how we can get together on this though, because when you talk about being young and your first Titans experiences, like don't forget there was a year or two. It's a couple years actually where the Titans, the Ravens and the Steelers we're all actually in the same division, Chelsea. It was the AFC mm. Central. It was right after the Titans had moved to Tennessee, and right around the same time, they brought the Browns back into the league as an expansion team. So the Ravens, Steelers, and Titans actually had a little like triple threat match at the top of the AFC Central for a couple of years there. And you're right. There is a rivalry between the Titans and Ravens, and even the Titans and Steelers to a lesser extent. Um, so we are together mm -hmm. on team no Henry to Baltimore and I've definitely had like, for example, and I'll use another hockey analogy, being a hockey fan, when Marc-Andre Fleury, who for years was the Penguins goaltender 
had an opportunity to go different places when the Golden Knights were looking to trade him. I dreaded the idea of him ending up in Washington or Philadelphia as a capital or a flyer. And from what I've been told and what some people have talked about, he actually refused uh, the flyers at least in trade requests because he did not want to go. He was that attached to the idea of being a Pittsburgh Penguin. There's certain players you just don't want to see. Like if Andrew McCutcheon had ended up in those few years where he wasn't a pirate in St. Louis or Chicago, it just, it just would have felt dirty. It would have felt icky. Is that's a word, right? Icky. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, now that I'm remembering, I'm pretty sure Steve McNair went to the Ravens, and that was a dagger at the time. Like, I think a lot of right. people don't remember this. I think it was like his final year. I need to look this up, but I'm pretty sure he went to the Ravens, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, this is the worst." But he was at the tail end of, of his career. Yeah, he played one year for the Ravens. Uh, because everybody's going to remember is like Oilers, Titans, you know, because he was sure. a big name for us. Uh, but I don't know. That one did not feel great either. But again, it was the end of his career. So you can't fault these guys if they are just trying to extend their playing career. Do you think that's the conversation for Derrick Henry now? Is that he's like mm, kind of in the the twilight twilight of his career, which I have trouble even getting that sentence out of my mouth. I know. Because he's not that old. Like, what is he, 30? The man still looks like a beast. Maybe he's lost a step since like age 24, but he's not somebody who I feel like is like in the final year. He's not even 30 yet. He doesn't turn 30 until January. That's wild. Okay, um, so he's 29. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but see, if I'm Derrick Henry, I just want to go someplace where I'm finally going to get an opportunity to finish it off, right? Like I've been on teams that had deep playoff runs. I've been on number one seeded teams that fell out of the playoffs too early. I've been through all of it in Tennessee. And if they're really on the rebuilding tip, as it appears they are with Malik Willis and Will Levis at quarterback, then (laughs) is, is that the reaction? Everybody in Nashville has, by the way, when you mention those yes. two quarterbacks, just ugh. Um, we got Liberty University guy and we got mayonnaise and his coffee guy. Ugh. God. Well, I mean, the product that Ryan Tannehill was putting on the field wasn't much better. So no. I don't know. Maybe we can only go up from here. It's just what we saw in a very small sample size from Malik Willis is that like he can't complete a pass. Like his passing game. Uh, feel so undeveloped and he's somebody who was literally said in interviews that he didn't watch game film in college like he didn't do any studying so when you get to the NFL it is a whole different ballpark like there is much more studying involved you can't get by on your athleticism alone unless maybe you're Lamar Jackson and you won the Heisman Trophy in college but maybe it will be a good fit for Derrick Henry this is the final thing I'll say to you know curtail my lamenting on Derrick Henry possibly leaving my Titans and going to the Ravens. Doesn't it feel like an offense where maybe he would succeed? Like that type of, like you'd almost run like a triple option. Like I know Lamar Jackson is passing more this season and he is a good passer. Like don't let me fall into the, well, he's a running back for a quarterback. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when you have that many skilled runners behind the line of scrimmage, wouldn't it be very difficult to defend? Oh, it would be, it's exactly what, both sides need I think like Derrick Henry gets to go someplace 
where he doesn't have to be the focal point of the offense. He doesn't have right. to carry the ball 25 times a week. And he's, you know, you, you've seen that this year where there have been games where he's still been successful, like, uh, well, against Baltimore, for instance, where they lost the game, but Derrick Henry still had a good week, 97 yards on just 12 carries. Uh, they ended up mm-hmm. throwing a lot more later because they were behind, but you know, like he's he's in that at that point of his career where his career's not over, but he doesn't need to be the twenty-five carry a week guy. If he could be the fifteen to eighteen carry a week guy, and the offense is still centered around Lamar, but when they want to, they can lean on Derrick Henry for a drive or two to just steamroll the opposition and maybe close out a game. Like that puts them right there, like just a nose behind Kansas City in the AFC, in my opinion, and. I don't want to say locks up the AFC North, but comes about as close as you can for the Ravens to locking up the AFC North if they pull this deal off. We'll see. I feel like a lot of people are forgetting about the Bengals and how they usually turn it on at the end of the season. Yeah. But we'll see. Like, so far this season, they haven't looked good, and maybe I should start believing what I'm saying with Cincinnati. But let's get to this Thursday night football game. And somebody who has had multiple rebrandings and multiple new teams is Baker Mayfield now sticking with the Tampa Bay Bucks. We've seen the good and we've seen the bad, but it's been mostly a lot of pedestrian numbers for Baker Mayfield and this Tampa Bay Bucks offense. But the defense coming into this game, the number one red zone defense in the entire NFL. Uh, so they'll have their hands full with Josh Allen, but the odds makers are leaning heavily on Buffalo at home here. They are nine point favorites, a total of 43 which is up a point from 42. So initial thoughts on this line, just strictly from a bettings perspective, I think nine is a number that's untouchable for me. Uh, even when like the discrepancy in talent is huge. I don't think this is a playable number on the spread for me. Uh, it's definitely not in Buffalo's case. I'm not willing to lay the nine uh, because inconsistent Josh Allen is back. And I don't know how long he's going to stick around. Uh, And I don't know if Buffalo, you know, Buffalo, when I think rushing for at least 100 yards this year, I want to say is three and one, if I have that number correct. I'll go double check it. But when they run well, they have put up a ton of points. When they find some balance in the offense, because Josh Allen then isn't relied on to do everything. You're taking a weapon away from him with Dawson Knox being out for the foreseeable future. So you're putting even more of the offense on the Allen to Diggs connection. I don't think that's a good thing for the Bills that they find even, that, that they tunnel in even more on an offensive game plan. It should be as varied and diverse as possible, and it should include some balance with the run game. Their offenses work better, like I said, this year with that balance. As far as Baker goes, they are, I think, one in three when Baker throws an interception this year. So all you want Baker to do is avoid turning the ball over. If you can get away with that, and this does end up being a low-scoring game, which you pointed out earlier, these primetime games, especially Thursday night games, because guys are beat up, because there's not as much time to prepare and game plan, you get lower-scoring games on Thursday nights. Maybe that's the answer here, and I'm starting to come around on Tampa Bay plus nine, as long as Baker doesn't bake, 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 bake it off. Um, like he's been known to do and like he did in the fourth quarter last week. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely never Bills minus nine, but maybe Bucks plus nine, but I think maybe. it's going to be a stay away. 
uh, for me. And also with the total, I would lean towards the under, but 43 is still a pretty low number. And like I said, the Bills just gave up 29 points to one of the most pedestrian offenses in the league in the Buffalo Bills. So it's not just Josh Allen being inconsistent. It's right. this defense as well. But let's look at the props world because I do think maybe there are a couple of things worth at least your consideration if you think the spread is too high. Uh, I'm going to look at Dalton Kincaid here. Just because when you have an entry on a roster to somebody who gets quite a bit of the target share, you look and you say, okay, where are those targets going to go? So Dawson Knox, a tight end. Let's go to the next guy who's the, uh, the tight end. Dalton Kincaid, a tight end as well. And last week, we saw what he could do when he gets those targets. Had a career high or a season high eight targets last week, and he delivered. Had a season high 75 receiving yards. So his line set at 37 and a half. I think maybe it's gone up to 38 and a half in some spots. I still like it. This is definitely a gettable number for somebody who I think will get more targets in this game simply because Dawson Knox is out. And just from a passing perspective, it feels like most of the yards are going to come through the air for the Buffalo Bills, a team that generally wants to throw, throw, throw the ball. Excuse me. Anyways, the matchup also suggests it because the Bucks are great against the run, but give up the six most passing yards to opposing quarterbacks. So I think you take a look at the passing game for the Buffalo Bills and you start there. So I'll go Dalton Kincaid. Uh, Mac, do you like a certain player here? Yeah, I, I think I like the idea. I, I mean, like I said, I don't like it for Bills fans for the, the offensive game plan, the idea of tunneling in and honing in on Stephon Diggs. But I think the offense is going to find its way there because of the amount that Tampa Bay likes to blitz up, up almost 40% of the time they like to blitz. I think when you're looking for somebody who Josh Allen is comfortable with, aside from Dawson Knox, who you point out is out. Yeah, there, there was there was some chemistry there last week with Dalton Kincaid, but I look at Stefan Diggs and I like both. It's a big number, six and a half for his receptions prop. It's, it's juiced as well, all the way to minus 145, but I like the over on Diggs receptions. And Diggs receiving yards, 86 and a half is a big number also. But I, I think I like both of those. I think this is an opportunity for Stefan Diggs to be to, to maybe find some of that chemistry that he and Josh that people questioned about he and Josh Allen in the offseason. I think if you're Allen and you are getting blitzed and he does play well against the blitz, it's not just standard four-man pressure. You're looking for someone to get the ball out quickly to. Diggs you can count on being open more often than not, or you can throw him open. So I think it's a big Allen to Diggs night. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing for the Buffalo offense as a whole, but I think that's what we'll see tonight because of the way the Buccaneers defense will funnel it. Right. And if you bank on all of those guys of having big nights, maybe you just take the passing prop for Josh Allen yeah, over to 262 and a half. Josh Allen, we know, can put up some monster numbers through the air. He certainly has the weapons to do so. And Desmond Ritter just put up 250 on this Bucks defense. And that's Desmond Ritter we're talking about, <laughs> not Patrick Mahomes. Desmond Ritter, not a quarterback who you would guess can put up 250 yards through the air uh what about anything else in this game that you think people should know before betting on it i would just i, I would keep an eye on chris godwin as well like I, I think there will be a focus by by buffalo secondary to try and take mike evans away because of 
the chemistry we've seen grow between he and Mayfield, the big playability. Not that it doesn't also exist for Chris Godwin, but I think this is an opportunity where Godwin is there for Mayfield to make some big plays when they need him to. So I like Godwin's touchdown prop. That number, if it will load for me here, Godwin's touchdown (laughs) prop as I filibuster some more is 260. Plus 260 for an anytime Chris Godwin touchdown. I think I like that as well. Ooh, some big plus money. And speaking of, we'll go huge and we'll do our show parlay next. Uh, We're going to combine all of our favorite picks for the weekend in one single parlay. You won't want to miss it. It's next on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. The Daily Tip will be right back on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Welcome back to the Daily Tip on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. All right, how's this for a Thursday segment? We have our show parlay coming your way in a few minutes. That is 19 to 1. So if we win and if we put money on it, maybe we don't show up for work on Monday morning. (laughs) Like we probably do because I'm probably not putting more than like two or three or maybe $5 on it. Maybe this is when you use like your bonus bets. Yeah. Uh, But what's the most money you think you've ever put on a a parlay? I'm like the most conservative person. So like if it's a parlay – I'm putting like real small money on it. Like whatever the opposite of scared money don't make money is, that's me. <laughs> if it's a parlay, I'm going real small because I never believe in them. Yeah, I mean maybe 25, but that that that's that, on the regular parlays are made like especially like five leggers like this are made for like like you said your five dollar bonus bet or just taking a flyer mm-hmm. on something and let's see if it if it if it helps the bankroll a little bit. Yeah, I think that's the strategy for me. If you ever have a bonus bet or a free bet, don't you try to go as big of plus money as possible? Like, because it's house money. It's not your own money. So, like, why would you not go big? Uh, Even though I'm pretty sure I've used a, like, bonus bet on something, like, minus 130 before. So, like, (laughs) maybe I need to take my own advice. But, um, yeah, I think that's the other PSA I would give is make sure you're using all of the promotions at your disposal when it comes to these sports books, uh, because you can be as sharp as of a better as you'd like, but if you're not taking advantage of all these like you know free same parlays that you know you can play risk free, that's what it's all about, you know, risk free bets that maybe they don't come home, but at least you're not losing money. Oh, it, it's if especially if you're new to it. I mean, use that stuff to your advantage. I have one friend in particular who's built sizable bankroll just based on doing as much research on the promos Mm -hmm. and the free stuff that's available as he does on the action itself like he he knows where to go for certain markets for certain uh for certain games for certain bets at which time of the week so that can be as valuable to you because like you said it's free money that could be as valuable to you as making sure you've got the handicap and the angle that you like this is like when I'm scrolling TikTok or Instagram and you see those like hacks people that are like, I took my family to Europe for $17. Here's how I did it. I'm like, God, am I that big of an idiot where I'm not using like all of these 
like hacks when it comes to credit cards, even though like I'll call my dad and he's like, you better not be opening six credit cards. That's terrible <laughs> for your credit. So like usually there's some catch to it, but have you stumbled across like somebody who has a great hack on something? Like the one that I just found that I'm probably going to use is there's this older lady that has like all these hacks about cooking and like household things where she was carving a pumpkin. And instead of like drawing the outline of like shapes, she just used cookie cutters and then she like hammered them in. So you have a perfectly oh. lined face. And you're like, why have I not been doing this? That's have you ever genius. seen one of these? Like this no. is the only way I can justify scrolling TikTok or Instagram. Cause there are some like little hidden gems that you find. I don't know if it really qualifies as a hack, but my wife has really got down the method of, I don't know if I'm going to be a small or a medium in this pair of pants or this sweater or whatever I want to get. She'll even do it for the kids when she's ordering clothes for them online. She'll order two or three sizes, a couple different colors. So yeah, we've got like six or seven items coming in this Amazon box. And then she knows she can just send it all back. So rather than go to the mall and waste time trying things on, somewhere else other than your own bedroom where you're comfortable you order all the stuff you find the one that you like or two that you like and then you just send the rest back it's it's i don't know if that counts as a hack or not but i never would have thought of it until she started doing it because i'm a big dummy it's crazy how shopping has changed so much now that people like just don't go to the mall but i'll say one thing i think i would rather eat my initial investment than like have to go to the post office like, I ain't doing it. Like, don't make me go to the post office. I don't want to go. I feel like it's just as painful as going to the DMV. So I, for one, will not be trying that hack because I hate mailing things. But you know what I love doing? I love winning money. So maybe mm. we can do that with our show, Parlay. So what we're going to do is we're going to give everybody on the staff a leg, their favorite play for the weekend. We combine it up in a parlay and... We try to go 5-0 and for the weekend. So let's start off uh, with Matt, who normally stays in the college ranks and has done pretty well on his show parlay picks. Matt, who do you like uh, this week for the parlay? I am going to a rivalry matchup this week. I'm going Georgia versus Florida. I know you typically think Georgia has this great defense, but they're actually 4-3 and three to the over this year. Four straight overs for them. Florida, three straight overs, also 4-3 and three to the over. Um, I think you can see a very high-scoring game in this one. So I'll take the over 47. Ooh, um, I've been to this game a couple times in Jacksonville, the oh. world's largest outdoor cocktail party. This is when people are passed out drunk by 10.30 a.m. So I am interested to see the game as well. But the tailgating... Yay, college football. <laughs> right? Here for sports uh, as they black out and are arrested by somebody, you know, before <laughs> noon. Uh, but let's get to David, who it looks like you're riding the cash cow that you have been banking on all season long. David, what is your parlay leg here? Before I get to my parlay pick, I have watched that TikTok too, Chelsea, and the 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 cookie cutters aren't what got me. It was the hand mixer to get all the guts out of oh, the pumpkin. Yeah. Completely oh my blew God. my mind completely blew my mind i was like why haven't i been doing this for years but that being said genius. i don't have a hand mixer though like do you own a hand mixer i feel like this is something they're, like, in, they're relatively like, inexpensive nowadays i would assume 
but I just don't own one. Like I'm not mixing things in the kitchen. Like maybe I'm a bad like housewife, but she said that I was like, yeah, but like who even has a hand mixer? There you go. There's one on, there's one at Amazon right now for 22 bucks, Chelsea. There you go. Get all those guts out of the (laughs) jack-o'-lantern. Maybe if I win my bet tonight, I will buy myself a hand mixer. All right, there so you David, go. you didn't say your pick. So Who do yeah, you like? I'm I'm riding with the Dukes of college football, James Madison Dukes. Uh, they've been great for me this year. They've won me a lot of money, and I'm just going to ride with them. Mm-hmm. Minus 19 and a half versus Old Dominion. I love it. They're at home. Once again, I will state it for everyone to hear. I think James Madison possibly is the best non-Power 5 football team in the continental United States. Thank you very much. Talk to you later. Ooh, continental United States. So Thank you for eliminating Alaska like... and Hawaii from that. Double <laughs> I appreciate it. But you're right. David has been saying that for a long time. So that is not a new take. He's been saying it all season long. Bill, you're going college here, it looks like. And another big favorite. Who do you like? I know. I know. Terrible. I'm going to the SEC this week. Old Miss, probably one of the forgotten SEC teams. They're number 11 in the country. They're at home against Vandy. This is a little bit of not only supporting Old Miss, but also looking at Vandy and realizing just how bad of a football team they are. So give me Jackson Dart, the dual threat quarterback for Old Miss. We'll lay the 24 and a half. Maybe close, relatively speaking, as far as the spread goes at halftime. Second half, Old Miss pulls away. I think they win this thing by 30 to 35. Give me, I'll lay the 24 and a half. Give me Old Miss this weekend. Old Miss. Uh, speaking of partying, I think the Grove has to at least be the number one party location. Yes. Probably in the SEC and maybe even the continental U.S. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe somebody in Hawaii hasn't beat. Uh, all right, so Chris Mack, Fillion for Jenks this week, uh, or today, I should say, and this week in the parlay. Mack, what are you doing with your pick? We've got the matchup of the top two quarterbacks in last year's draft. We've got C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans going to Charlotte to face the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young. The Panthers are terrible. They're they're just awful. 0-6, and they will be 0-7 by the end of this week. I think the Texans, if you look at their schedule because of their defense and the way D'Amico Ryans has built their defense and the way Bobby Slowick has coached up C.J. Stroud in their offense, they could end up with nine wins by the end of the year. Especially if you look at their schedule down the stretch, being in the AFC South and who they've got lined up, they've got six more wins on the schedule, and it starts this weekend in Charlotte against the Panthers. So give me the Texans on the money line. It's a little juicy, minus 160, but perfect for a parlay. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're trying to put our picks in a parlay and uh, give you a little bit more plus money. So it's okay to be a little chalky. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take an alt line on the Seahawks this week. I'm going to have the Seahawks laying three. This line's three and a half, but I'll buy the hook here because we are doing a parlay, and I think it is a key number that you need to uh, be aware of. But the Seahawks are playing at home against the Browns. I think now is the time to sell on the Cleveland Browns. They've had two solid wins over the last week, uh, or over the last two weeks, I should say. Beat the 49ers in a huge upset. And then the defense kind of let down its guard against the Colts. They gave up 38 points, but won 39 to 38. I think I'll fade the Browns, making the long trip to Seattle against at least a very good Seahawks offense. 
I'll take the Seahawks laying three at home against the Cleveland Browns, who still don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. What a terrible situation. Oh, only a guy who you gave, what, $240 million to? I don't remember the exact number, but still. Uh, if you want to play this parlay, uh, here it is again. Over 47, Georgia, Florida. James Madison, minus 19.5. Ole Miss, minus 24.5. Uh, Texans, money line, and Seahawks, minus three. You combine it all up. It's 19 to one. So now it's time to stir the pot. If anybody wants to throw a pick from the parlay out and say, I'm vetoing this, this is not a good play, now's the time to do it. Speak now or forever hold your peace. I don't want to throw it out, but I'm just curious why Mac wants to play the money line and killing our odds this week. We're usually at least 25 to 1. That minus 60 is murderous for these odds. Okay. Mac, what are we doing? Okay, That's Bill. the person listen. who's laying 24 and a half. Yeah. You can't yeah. speak I mean, about people being too chalky. That's the, That's I, minus I, 105, I, though. I, I was not going to go after this because Vandy stinks. Vandy's terrible. But they've also they've handled large spreads as well as you could expect Vandy to handle them. But I'll, I'll back Bill anyway. I'll say if you want to go with Houston to Carolina minus three, it might juice the odds a little bit. It might. It might. But I'm going to go play it safe at the money line. Well, here's the comeback that I would say. We haven't won a parlay yet. So maybe, <laughs> just maybe, we need to be a little bit more conservative. I don't know. Eventually, it would be nice to have a winner on our show parlay. Maybe this is the week. We're due. We got to get to break. We'll be back. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.